Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. I wrote and have spoken at different times about taking in a foster child and then the challenges of dealing with not handling it very well. (laughs) And one of my friends wrote and said, how do you deal with the guilt of uh, not having dealt with it well? And that's a beautiful question because the reality is whether you've adopted or fostered a child or whether you just have lived your life and done it imperfectly, I think we all have to deal with a sense of failure or guilt or grief before the Lord. So here's my journey specifically in regards to this situation, but I'm hoping that it's more broadly applicable. So first of all, what was so precious is... um, Yeah, right around the time that my foster daughter went back to her house, um, I went and was on a retreat, and my college mentor was there, and I had mentioned, like, I had this pretty traumatic thing happen, and she said, oh, let's go do healing prayer, and so I had never done that before. That sounded intriguing, and this is such a personal story. And I remember we were in kind of like a big house. That was our retreat center. And so we sat on the bed and she said, so ask Jesus to show you a specific scene from the time that um, that girl was in your house. And there was a moment that honestly, I don't even remember if this was a specific moment or if it was just like, did this happen many times? Is this sort of like a representative moment? But basically I was looking at her and she was looking at me and she had kind of this defiant, angry expression on her face, which was very recognizable and, and probably hands on hips, just kind of staring me down as a four or five year old, right? Little girl. And, uh, and she said, and where is Jesus in that scene? Oh, it's so beautiful. And you have to understand, like, we lived in a construction trailer at that time. There were 228 square feet for the seven of us. There were children when she first came to us, she was four. And so I had children seven, five, four, three, and one in this tiny, tiny space. And so uh, we were standing by the coffee table, which also doubled as our one table and school center and anyway. And somehow Jesus was standing on the side, even though in the natural there would be no way for him to have actually fit right there. And he was just standing, he was totally relaxed. And he was looking at this daughter with such love. Like I could see it just pouring off of him. Like, oh, he just loves this girl um, who's making my life so difficult. And he just loves her. And like, I start crying because I'm like, of course he does. Like, that's the right heart. That's the father heart. That's the heart of God towards us, towards his people is that he just loves them. And Connie said, can, can he look at you? And I was like, well, I don't think I really want him to because I'm so ashamed. Oh, I'm so ashamed of how this played out. I don't want to see the disappointment in his face. Like I I already carry so much disappointment in myself around how this played out. And she said, well, why don't you just see? If he can look at you. Thank you, Jesus. And he turned his head and he looked at me 
with his brown eyes. And there was such warmth and love towards me, broken caregiver that I was. It was pouring out of his eyes, covering me. Like, uh, you feel, I don't know, maybe there's a Bible translation or something that talks about liquid love. But that is how it felt. Like, his eyes were pouring liquid love into me. Even though I didn't deserve it. Even though I had tried and failed. Even, like, it was like there was enough love in him to cover this girl who, in my mind, totally deserved love. And to cover me, who in my mind totally didn't deserve love. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So I cried through that for a while. <laughs> that was really powerful. And honestly, after that, I don't remember much more from that particular um, healing prayer session. That might have been kind of the end of it. But I carried that with me, that sense of oh, I might be disappointed in myself, but Jesus truly loves me. And it's, it's not based on because I somehow managed to hide the broken parts of me. Like he actually just loves me because he loves me. And so for me, that was a visceral, like cellular level, deep understanding. And that was tremendously huge. So there's a part where I'm like, if you are dealing with guilt long-term over something and you have not been able to shake it, healing prayer is going to be super helpful. Um, I will put some options that I recommend in the chat, but there's, there's help. (laughs) This is something, it's maybe a little bit underground. I feel it's not super mainstream in the church, but so precious what the Lord is able to offer to his people. And really, he offers this to everyone, even those who don't yet follow him. Thank you, Jesus, for your beauty. Thank you, Jesus. And then in terms of other points of shame, I can give you kind of intellectual things. Like, oh, the word regret isn't in the Bible. That's not how Jesus deals with us. So there's the word repent. So if you've done something wrong, you turn away from it and turn to him and come to him. So kind of intellectually, that's like, oh, that's really nice to know. To me, I don't know that that is quite as satisfying if you're really dealing with a level of um, shame or regret. I I guess I would say I, I kind of feel like you actually just have to interact with the Lord around that. Uh, having said that, I have I've talked at different times too about how five years after I had that initial encounter with the Lord... I was talking to Lord about like, how did that go so badly? And like overall, not the specific prayer time, but just the fostering situation in general. And he said, there were riches available that you do not avail yourself of. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's totally true. I didn't read my Bible for probably nine months because I was completely underwater. And I probably just prayed, you know, like single sentence prayers occasionally. Oh, I could have done a lot better. And at the time, what that meant was I could have had my quiet time. Like that five minutes, I'm sure would have fixed everything in my life, uh, which was delusional and not actually the point that Jesus was trying to get across. So five years later, uh, I had another time of prayer and I was like, Lord, I know more about you at this point. So <laughs> I, that was not a very grace filled response. Like I'm not denying that there were riches, but I don't think that 
a five-minute quiet time would actually have made a tremendous difference during that really rough season of my life. And he said, yeah, that's because there were riches, but there were things like deliverance that you didn't know about. So I've told this story repeatedly, but the point that I actually want to bring out here is that sometimes we ask the Lord a question and we get an answer, but it's not the complete answer. And it maybe doesn't actually settle in our spirits in a way that is deeply healing or deeply satisfying. So there might be truth in it. Um, and in that regard, it's like, okay, I, I agree with that. But then we get to go back to the Lord and say, okay, I think I'm hearing what you're saying. What else do you have for me around this? And I have seen this on occasion in healing prayer sessions where somebody will have an experience that they think is from the Lord. And internally, I'm like, I have a check in my spirit about that. And then as we keep praying, all of a sudden it's like their false idea of Jesus suddenly like explodes or like real Jesus comes on the scene and like takes a sword and cuts through the false Jesus. And so my point is that we get to keep asking that we come to the Lord and if he's like, if you think he's saying something that is tending towards more shame, more guilt, more condemnation, more regret, that's going in the wrong direction. That's from the enemy. So then you say, Oh, I'm, I'm like, my hearing is a little bit distorted in this case. Like sort of like I've been underwater a little too long and my ears are now filled with water and I'm not hearing quite correctly. I need to get some help. That's not a problem. That's why we're in community. That's why we have people around us who help us. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. And so I say all of that to just say, again, you're looking for the points where instead of shame, you are having uh, acceptance, where instead of regret, you're offered repentance and restoration. Uh, Instead of grief, there is comfort. And so all of this is actually part of who um, the Lord is. And so uh, if you are falling asleep at night and running through in your mind, like, here's all of the ways that I failed, then it's probably good to start changing that narrative. And having said that, that will be another good podcast episode. So Lord, I thank you that you come to us Oh, with such grace. And so I'm asking, Lord, that you would transform our minds to be more like you, that you would heal the places in our hearts that are burdened. We give you praise, Lord. Amen.